I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. This is KSL's Religion Today, a weekly look at religion and spirituality here at home and around the world. Now, here's your host, Martin Tanner. Welcome. This is Religion Today. I'm your host, Martin Tanner. What do you think? Are the Gospels really eyewitness accounts of what Jesus said and did? Or, as critics claim, Are these accounts composites written long after the time of Jesus' life, and were they written in a way that is not historically accurate? Well, we have ways that we can test that hypothesis and the hypothesis that they are genuine accounts from eyewitnesses. The ones who say, the critics who say, that they are not first-hand accounts, I think misunderstand the many, many evidences to the contrary that are found in the Gospels themselves. So today's episode of Religion Today is going to talk about the evidence that the Gospels are indeed eyewitness accounts of the life of Jesus. Let's start off by what one might say is a quintessential aspect of eyewitness accounts. They tend to include little details that one wouldn't know and so would never put in if you hadn't seen an event firsthand. We see these several times in the Gospels. Most believe that the Gospel of Mark was the first of the Gospels. And here we have some great evidence and information. This is a firsthand account. Of course, the book of Mark is, according to early Christian tradition, Peter's gospel, which was written down in Greek by Peter's missionary companion, a young man named John Mark, who was bilingual. He spoke Greek very well and Aramaic very well. So here's what Mark says in chapter 4, verse 38, about the incident in which on the Sea of Galilee a storm came up and the apostles who were in the fishing boat were afraid, but Jesus was asleep. He must have been really tired. And here's what it says if you look at the Greek and a good translation, quote, He, meaning Jesus, was in the stern of the ship, in the stern of the boat, asleep on the rower's cushion. 
And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to perish in the storm? Close quote. Now let's stop right there. Mark tells us this is a rower's cushion. How does he know that? Because Peter told him. Peter was there. Peter was in the boat. Peter talked about the rower's cushion and Jesus was asleep. Why would Jesus be asleep on the rower's cushion? Because the part of the boat that moves the least is the part in the back, typically because you steer a boat into the waves. But the back of the boat is typically the place where you find the least movement. So that would be the place that would be most easy to settle down and sleep. It's an accurate account. It just makes sense. And you have this added detail about the rower's cushion is what, and the rower's cushion is the cushion that the guy sits on to row the boat. And nobody's rowing, so Jesus is asleep with his head on that cushion. All right, next one. This is perhaps my very favorite one. A lot of people think the Gospel of John isn't an accurate account, that it was written very, very late, and it's this theological gospel, and it doesn't have eyewitness accounts. Listen to this account and see if it doesn't just smack of being an eyewitness account. This is right after Jesus has been resurrected and risen from the tomb, and everybody's finding out about it. John chapter 20, starting in verse 1. I'm going to sort of paraphrase this in modern English. Quote, On Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So she ran to Peter and to Jesus' favorite disciple, meaning John, and said, they've taken the Lord from the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. And so Peter and John start running for the tomb. And in verse 4, it says, and note this little detail here, they ran side by side, Peter and John, until John, who's writing the story, ran faster than Peter and got there first. So I guess John's a little younger, or he runs a little faster, or whatever. So he gets there first, and he bends over and sees the strips of linen cloth lying inside the tomb. But maybe he's a little timid. He doesn't go in. But Peter shows up second, and he just bursts right into the tomb. And he saw the strips of cloth. And he also saw the piece of cloth that had been used to cover Jesus' face. And he saw that it was rolled up in a separate place right by itself. And John, who got there first, then went inside the tomb. And when he saw all this, he believed. John is telling you that's when he believed, when he saw those things, that Jesus had been resurrected Why? Because the Roman soldiers would never have done anything like this. No other person would have neatly folded up and put in a place all these things that had been wrapped and wrapped and wrapped around Jesus and upon which aloes and embalming stuff had been placed. It just nobody would have done that. They would have hauled the body out all by itself. This is what convinced John and all of these little details just show an eyewitness account. And that's what 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 16 says. 
He says, quote, We haven't given you fables when we told you about what Jesus said and did. These are eyewitness accounts of him, close quote. And in 1 John chapter 1, verse 1, he says, quote, We tell you about Jesus. We heard from the beginning. We saw with our own eyes and we touched with our own hands. These are the things we're telling you about Jesus, close quote. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 3, we read this, quote, What we saw and heard, we are telling you. So you can be one with us. And so you can truly be part of our fellowship with the Father and with his Son, Jesus. Close quote. Here's another eyewitness statement. It just tells you it's eyewitness. John chapter 19, verse 35 And he saw it give his sworn statement, and his sworn statement is true, and he knows what he says is true, so you will believe, close quote. Here's another one. Acts chapter 26, verses 25 and 26. This is is a great quote, if you read it in modern English. Paul is saying to Festus, I'm not crazy, Your Excellency Festus. What I'm telling you is true. This is the truth, and I'm not kidding around. The king knows of these things before whom I also speak about freely. He's talking about Jesus. For I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him, for this thing was not done in a corner. So he's saying, Festus, I'm not crazy. All this happened. What I'm telling you is true. And not only that... The king knows what's going on. Everybody knows what's going on. You need to realize this is true as well. Powerful testimony. Acts chapter 2, verse 22 has a similar statement. This is a great statement in, in modern contemporary English. Quote, you guys from Israel, listen to me. Jesus from Nazareth was a God-sanctioned person, and he lived right here with you. And he did miracles and wonders and signs right here all around you, which you saw and you well know happened, close quote. Great statement. When we come back, more eyewitness accounts that show that the Gospels and the other New Testament books are firsthand accounts from the witnesses who actually saw them, whether they were assembled instantly or Maybe a little bit later, doesn't really matter. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. We'll be right back. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately... We're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com 
or wherever you get your podcasts. Religion Today with host Martin Tanner continues on KSL News Radio. We're back. This is the second segment of Religion Today. I'm your host, Martin Tanner. If you would like any information about this show, or if you have a religious question, or if you have a comment, feel free to send me an email. Send it to martinstanner at gmail.com, martinstanner at gmail.com, and I'll be happy to respond. Today's show centers around the indicia that we find in the actual words of the New Testament that they were taken, when I say they, I mean the New Testament books, but especially the Gospels, were taken from eyewitness accounts. In Acts chapter 2, verse 32, we read this. Quote, God raised Jesus from the dead. We are all witnesses of that, close quote. And then we have Paul, who actually was converted after Jesus died and was resurrected, but who was persuaded by seeing Jesus in vision, must have, after that happened, talk to the other disciples. And it would have taken some convincing because he had been a persecutor of the Christians, and now he was a believer. But we know that he became friends with Peter and many of the other apostles. And here we have in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 5 and 6, this statement which Paul would have learned about from Peter and other eyewitnesses, quote, Jesus was seen by Peter, and then by the twelve, and then he was seen by more than 500 people at the same time, some of whom have died, but most of whom are still alive right now, close quote. Right now, meaning the time when he wrote this. Most of the apostles were killed for being Christians, if they were liars, if they were writing things way after the fact or making things up, they would not have been willing to lay down their life for a lie. They wouldn't have done it. And yet, almost all of the apostles died martyrs. For example, uh, Peter was crucified upside down. Paul was beheaded. These were things that happened, and word about what happened would have come back to all of the other apostles. And yet they all stood firm in their beliefs. Let's take a look at some of the other indicia in the New Testament and in other early writings from the same time period that show that the New Testament was taken from firsthand accounts about Jesus in his life. This is from the Ecclesiastical History written by Eusebius. Quote, 
I shall not hesitate also to put into proper order and form for you everything that I learned carefully in the past from the elders and noted well. For the truth of which I vouch, I inquired about the words of the elders, about what Andrew and Peter and Philip and Thomas and James and John and Matthew and all the others of the Lord's disciples were saying, for I did not anything that would not profit me as far as the information in this goes. I received it from a living and surviving voice, close quote. Pretty specific here. The statements about the Gospels were true. And like Papias, Luke, in his beginning words in, in the, the Gospel of Luke, says, quote, for as much as many have taken up the task of declaring the things which are believed amongst us Christians, even as they were delivered unto them and unto us from the beginning by eyewitnesses and ministers of the word, it seemed good for me to do that too, having a perfect understanding of all things from the very first to write these things down, close quote. Luke is saying that he got this information from eyewitnesses, and so did others, and they're all writing them down. Luke, in his gospel, gives many facts that demonstrate he had a first-hand, accurate knowledge of things. We also, if you read carefully, see details which would not be known except to somebody who was looking into this at the time that it happened. In other words, no one would be able to make up some of the details later. What am I talking about? Correct tiles of officials, identification of army units, the Roman soldiers' units, dates of different things that happened, geographical references. These are details that would not be known by somebody making stuff up down the road. These were things that would only be included by eyewitness accounts. As a matter of fact, there are some things that were thought to be errors that have turned out to be true. For example, many historians thought Luke was in error on the point where he says that Philippi was a part of the district of Macedonia. It was believed that he was wrong because the Greek word didn't really mean district, according to the historians. But archaeological evidence unearthed more recently has shown that district was the exact meaning of the word that was written in Greek in Luke's gospel. Another reference by Luke that turned out to be true that was originally thought to be an error is where it refers to Lysanias, the tetrarch of Abilene in his gospel, because the only known guy named Lysanias to historians was killed in 36 BC, and that would be way before Jesus was even born. But now excavators and archaeologists have found inscriptions that talk about a Licinius the Tetrarch that dated between about 14 and 29 AD, which is exactly 
the right time period when Jesus was around. Luke used the title of Politarchs for the Thessalonian officials. He was thought that that might be an error, and it was assumed to be wrong, but then several inscriptions were later found that used that exact title, and five of them even referred to Thessalonica, the place where Luke was talking about. There are so many examples of statements that have been later proven. John describes the pool of Bethesda as having five porticles. Take a look at John chapter 5, verse 2. When that pool was later unearthed, actually fairly recently unearthed, it had five porticles. The pool of Siloam mentioned by John has also been discovered. You can find mention of the pool of Siloam in John chapter 9, verse 7. John describes Jacob's well with familiarity. It was, of course, discovered. We have a number of descriptions that fit the time period and are in the right place and seem to be authentic in many, many ways. It's a fascinating description that just smacks of firsthand eyewitness accounts if you look at it carefully. I encourage you to take a look, especially at the Gospel of Mark, but of all the other Gospels as well. Because if you do, and especially if you read it in some contemporary uh, version, you will see the eyewitness portions, the, the things that could only be known by an eyewitness just jumping right out of the page at you. The gospel accounts were written based on eyewitness accounts. Join me again next week. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless, and I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.